0: Hi, welcome to episode number one hundred and seventy eight of the Apolog Podcast. I'm your host, Simon Head. Today's podcast is brought to you in part by betterhelp.com. Get affordable private online counseling anytime, anywhere. Talked with a licensed professional and therapist online. Get therapied up. Everybody, everybody needs it. And it's the time of the year when people need to have just a lit a wee bit of help. And it's it's affordable, and you can get a free seven day trial with the code word APALOG by going to Betterhelp.com slash Amazon shoppers really like to thank you for shopping on Amazon. It's very, very, very helpful to the show. And you can help the show out too. And it costs you no extra money by going to Appolog.ca slash Amazon. Or Appalock.ca slash USAmazon. Or you can go to Appalock.ca and click on those banners located on the right hand side. Locate country, Canada, USA, or UK. And bookmark those links. Those first two, the Applog.ca Amazon, are an actual redirect. It'll take you right to Amazon. You can shop and support the show. Cost you no extra money. It's very helpful. And I really appreciate all the people that are buying stuff. Thank you so much. If you want to support the show on a monthly basis, go to patreon.com slash Pledge as much or as little as you want on a monthly basis to help with my hosting and gas fees. You can cancel at any time. Uh, if you want to buy a t-shirt, go to appalogue.ca shop. If you're on iTunes, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the show on iTunes. Give it five stars, please. Like the show on Facebook by going to facebook.com slash Follow me on Twitter at SimonHead666. Today on the show, I have my old friend Dan Nystedt, who is a documentarian. He's a movie maker. He's a swell guy. He's based out of Sault Ste. Marie. He was on the show about, now we said two years, but it was actually three years ago. He was uh, one of the very, very early episodes, I think episode 21 or 22. And uh, it was nice to catch up with Dan and see how he's doing all the way up in there in the sewer. Here is he is, my friend, Dan Neistat on the Apologue podcast.
1: is this live yeah we're live here we go we're not live to the world we're live to me and you we're lively (laughs) yes we are has it been two years i guess it's been two years yeah it's uh yeah a lot's uh a lot's happened a lot's happened with you how many episodes are you at now Uh, you'll be 178 178 and and how many repeats have you done i've done three yeah perfect so (laughs) what company am i keeping
0: you oh yeah you are one of the three one of the three or four people that come back. I mean repeats. I mean thought you meant like how do you often do you repeat an episode but I have about a, a cast of uh, three or four people and you're one of the three or four because you're back twice. I you know and it's fun because when we did our last episode there was like there was so much more to do. There's so much more to talk about and uh, and I was relatively new to the thing so you know I don't I not a- pertaining to be any better now but but I do realize that the conversation part of this is the most important part of it, and we got to make sure that that this part of the show is sort of maintained. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's not just a, So, tell me how awesome you are, Dan. Over to you. Yeah, no,
1: because I have nothing to tell you about that. <laughs> 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 I'd like to talk about you. I want to learn about you, but I know that's not the point of your show. <laughs> but I'm ho- I'm I'm hoping to learn a little bit uh, as we as we talk here, as we did last time. I meant I meant to go back and listen to uh, the last time we chatted just to make sure we weren't, uh, doing a big retread. But, um, but a lot has happened in the last couple of years and a lot has changed mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, a lot's changed. Uh, you know, I'm a filmmaker. I know, I know, uh, I, I know your show is geared a lot towards music, which I, I do spend a lot of time involved in, but within music and within film, which is what I am, a filmmaker, um, a lot has changed in the last two years. Like it's like hyperdrive as to how much has changed. And, and it blows my mind. Um, the fact that we've become a, uh, a society and I say society in terms of like social media and everything. And, and we become like the society of like micro audiences. Mm. And that's the thing that I'm really trying to deal with right now is like the fact that like there's, you're never going to create, like, you're never going to see Beatlemania again. You're going to see micro audiences within like a niche, within like some sort of weird platform on social that's going to make somebody a star. And you're just a star within that, right? Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. that's the thing um, with uh, with putting out uh, any sort of film or video uh you know you're facing and i think it's the same thing with music right is that you're facing like these micro audiences you find a niche and you just try and create an audience and uh you know so that's something that i think has become like really big in the last couple years yeah it's changed
0: yeah absolutely i think do you think though for that well we will never have like the i'm pretty sure we're gonna keep getting like the justin biebers and the name flavor of the year and then, hopefully, out of the twenty of those flavors, one will sort of grow up and learn to change the music industry a bit for the better. I mean, we can only hope for that, and I think there's a parallel there to to to, to film because you still we're still creating art we're still projecting it out to people to say, "Do you like this if you if you like it that's great, but I think what you're saying is that everybody becomes more Picking and choosy about what they like and not like now and it used to because be because they can because they can because
1: they can. there's so much content right yeah yeah and and i think with, with a justin bieber or with a uh i don't know like a taylor swift or whatever i mean you you're only getting that because there's so much money behind it yeah like no. that's why you're getting it you're not getting it on merit Hmm. and i think that's a big thing is like how do you uh, how do you get um, something that is a good quality out there um, based on merit? How do you find an audience?
0: Yeah. And it's it's like we both, it's sort of on the head that it is luck. A lot of it is luck. And it, a lot of it is if the consciousness of society is thinking like you and you put something out that they can reverberate off of, that's what a successful product is. And and the problem, and the joy, and of, at the same time of it is that if someone is trolling it on on whatever web page saying this is a piece of garbage because they have they don't like it, that influences too many people. If someone in more so than if someone says this is the best piece of art I've ever heard because people are so cynical they're not going to go. Are you kidding me? Really, really? I don't think so i don't think so so, right. so so people are more negative when it comes to actually bringing something in and i think how do you change that and i don't know i think it just everything goes in waves too right right
1: and i, I yeah and i think it's uh the, the, you know the we well we see it in like every day like in the on social with uh with news right and i'm not going to use the f news word that uh that a certain president likes to use all the time, but it is that it makes it really easy to find an audience with a negative voice. And it's, it's really easy to be an asshole and find an audience. It's really hard to be, um, to be an artist, like a true artist that's just trying to do something positive or something real or, and, and to find an audience that way, I think. And that's a struggle that, I think every artist, whether you're a a painter or a musician or a filmmaker or, or an author, it's just like, there's, there's so much, there's so much stuff. Yeah. Like there's just too much stuff. Well, there's a long game and a short game. If you want to play the
0: short game, then you better have a big fat wallet full of cash and, and money to do that. And therefore you will buy your way into it. And it's, that's been since the dawn of time. And it's different now than what radio used to be. I think radio used to be like, you get like a little bit of white powder under your bottle of Jack Daniels when it gets put on your desk. And then the CDs on top of that. That is now completely changed for radio, and I maybe I'm tuned out about the radio because I don't, you know, I'm, I'm not really tuned in. But I know a, a couple of years ago it was like, if you want your band to be on this radio station, uh, well, our advertising time is X amount of dollars per hour or per minute, and right. how long is your song? Okay, well, that's like having three spots. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you buy three spots, and then you can have your space on on, on our radio show or station or whatever. And you want right. that five times a day? That's like you're trying to sell foot powder. You
1: know? Right it's- payola right absolutely it's the whole thing a it's just another play. version of it yeah <clears throat> unfortunately there's not such an easy thing <laughs> <laughs> easy thing there's not such an easy thing for uh for film um you know that's not something that you can just go and do because there's there, there's a there, there's a different kind of corporate structure i guess mm-hmm. um there's there's a lot more involved but we, uh, but we try, you know, this I- in the past year, actually in the past six months, it's ridiculous. So I spent the last 25 years, um, coming up with ideas, uh, scripting ideas. You know, I worked with you in the past with your band, the Fairmounts, mm-hmm. uh, doing a video. And so, uh, so I've done like, you know, dozens and dozens, you know, probably close to a hundred videos, music videos, um, documentary films, worked as cinematographer, all this stuff, But the the, the thing that's like really um, changed and the thing that's uh, really messed me up is the fact that I was out at camp last year and I just happened to film something. I filmed a moose in the water and then a wolf came out and attacked the moose.
0: Oh, yeah. yeah. And I
1: just happened to catch this thing, right? And now that thing has gotten like 5 million views on YouTube. Yeah. Uh, Even Joe Rogan made it. Joe Rogan, joe rog- yeah joe rogan was a big fan of it and he retweeted it and and i've so i've licensed it to like all kinds of news channels national geographic just bought it but it's one of those things where that just happened yeah i had i had no intent of that i literally posted that video so that my neighbors on the same lake as me out at my camp could see what happened and that took off and so that's another thing about these like micro audiences. It's like I ha, like I'm going to be remembered now. Every time I bump into somebody like, "Hey, you made that moose video." Yeah. I'm like, "Oh man, like I made documentary films, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like music videos and that's what you're going to that's yeah. what I'm going to be uh remembered for." So but, it it is a lot of luck. You mentioned luck earlier and it, yeah. it really comes down to like luck and timing and how's all this working, right? Also it's it's knowing when to
0: um benefit without being too hungry in front of people about using and using what you've got and uh that and sort of goes back to the long game that I was talking about if you just keep true to yourself keep putting stuff out and it's good and it's always good and you know and and with that you might put out something that's not that good but at the same time it becomes a body of work as opposed to that moose video so right. When you, when you, as in, when I myself, who, who who's an audience member, catches on to something and likes what they see, I just sort of stick with it. And some of it's good, and some of it's bad. My biggest example for video and music would be the Pomplamoose videos. If you ever watching any of those, yes, it's fascinating to watch how they yeah. work. And like I caught up with them know, what, eight years ago, six years ago, when they started when YouTube was kind of like newish, and they did new, awesome, crazy things and then they got married you know what i mean so then it's like you're following along not just about them as musicians but them as 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 people and you know and um jack conte just started like patreon and so like it, it, it all i mean the steps you make if they're positive turn out to be positive results you know and right. if you kind of go chasing the the trend or trying to like make make it <clears throat> It's not going to work. It's not going to no. work. Transparency and being honest with who you're trying to present to. People, like I said, I, I have a very strong bullshit meat. Like, I can sense it. Like, I can smell it. And when somebody's trying to jump around on stage too much because they're punk rock, it's just like, give me a fucking break. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Yeah. So.
1: Yeah. Straight mic stands. Keep your feet planted. Yeah. Ramones. <laughs> yeah. Period. Right? Those guys made it. They did. They yeah. Ugly is sin, too. <laughs> yeah they're all dead you can say that well most of them uh yeah right (laughs) but what's uh what do you think when you see because you do a lot of uh of uh, live performances Mm -hmm. and audience reaction can you gauge a change in that like since social has started have audiences changed in terms of reaction totally totally
0: because if they're not using their phone to capture something to put up on YouTube that night, they're ca- using their phone to check their email and their and their text messages. Like we're not as a, we're not engaged as much as we were, and and uh, and a lot of comedians have done this lately, where they just put your bag, you put their your phone in a bag, so you can't right. capture it and you can't be distracted because we need to have our phones put in bags when we go to a, a live show now. That's where it's ridiculous. We've, that's where how far we've come to now. We have to do that. And yeah. it's going to start with, with they're going to start with systems where, I think they tried it, where you bring your phone into ACC or to a show that's very kind of whatever, and they'll jam your phone. They'll just say, you know, they did it at the airport around 9-11. Like if you tried to use your phone around the parking lot of 9-11, you got no service because they were jamming your phone because you didn't want anybody right. to make any sort of whatever. Same idea. They can use that just to keep the art within. They can do that. I'm pretty sure they can do that today. But we, uh, I think, yeah, we as a as a as a bunch of people on this big weird dirt ball, we we have a difficult time, you know, uh, you know, locking in on something, and 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 I don't know, but I think this might have something to do with our personalities because I think we are similar when it comes to when I get on a task, I can't be pulled away from it. I'm like a dog, like a pit bull with a fucking tree bark or a branch. I'll just won't let go until it's completely disintegrated or whatever the idea yeah yeah so that's my observation but a lot of people's observation might be it's not important it doesn't make any sense i don't care about it anymore it doesn't i can't be i can't be associated with things like this so i don't know i mean there's that's just my observation is that people don't they don't you know what do you think
1: well i think people are 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 unwilling um to learn Hmm. i think people are unwilling to uh if it's not something that they like they don't want to learn about it and again again i think it comes down and i want to be i don't want to all get into this big oh social media but i think it just comes down to the amount of content people can Mm. just decide like do i want to know about that or do i not want to know about that and the majority of people um just want to stay within their wheelhouse they don't want to expand their horizons i mean (laughs) fucking trump's the president man yeah like People just want to stay in their wheelhouses and and hang out in their hate holes or, or hang out in their, I like this genre of music. And so I'm not going to listen to anything else. And, and, and I, I think that comes down to just the sheer amount of content you can live within some weird microcosm world of, I only like songs with this type of guitar and that type of sound and lyrics about X. And and there's so much content, you can just live in that world. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And 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 it's the same thing with uh with uh with film, with uh with art. I mean, there's just so much. And maybe that's a great thing that there is that much. Mm-hmm. And that people can find their home in their world in terms of what they want to experience. But I think the downfall is the fact that there's there's other horizons, there's other things to engage in and and not that you have to fall in love with them but you Mm -hmm. can just learn from them right and i think we're we're lacking that learning
0: i think though there's there's a genetic imprint on people like when they're born as a person and their parents are these people you kind of become as much as you want to fight it as a teenager you kind of end up becoming your parents in a way if they've Mm. done a good enough job or even a shitty enough job the circle still continues the differences is like in their late seventies when all I had was three channels, and I had to get out. This is old guy. I'm talk. with you. I'm we with, you. I, we got with you. Get out with an antenna, and we had a brick attached to it, and we would. And it's like we didn't live in the ghetto. We were like in like middle middle class and neighborhood, and moved the antenna to point towards Global, so we could watch channel. You know what I mean? Global TV, and then we yeah. got a, a little motor to do that. We had three channels, and the fact is that there wasn't enough stuff sucking and it's before computers it's before internet it's before mtv it's before anything that really captured people like we're squirrels oh what's this over here yeah that. right so, so it, that's how you could then siphon in a whole bunch of people into one thing who like saved 20 years before was the beatles or 15 years before was the beatles and then i remember like being like 10 or 12 years old and it was like the the bob and dub mckenzie and everybody oh, yeah. knew every single <coughs> word <coughs> nobody owned That's the, the record thing, though
1: right yeah but everyone was able to communicate you were all watching the same stuff because there was only so much stuff yeah. and as a society we could communicate yeah hey you watched night court last night you see what bull did that yeah. was funny right yeah. it was yeah. the golden girls like whatever the bullshit was you yeah. know chip starsky and hutch but we could all communicate now people like, get we shamed because all... they haven't seen the wire you haven't seen The Wire, uh, or or you've you? seen some show on some f- obscure show on some fucking obscure app that you got to download and give them like all the rights to everything on your computer before you can watch some fucking weird fucking show like Josie and the Bullet Escape. Like, I don't fucking know. <laughs> like, I haven't seen it. Like, I don't even know fucking what this thing is you're talking about. But yeah. that's, you know, it's it's so fragmented. I don't know how how these people find audiences, but. But they do, but these micro audiences, and yeah. I don't know micro audiences. Let's get off that. Let's, what else can we talk about? It's let's talk about it's a niche yeah, it's- of
0: things. It's a people that yeah they. But I mean, it still goes back to how their minds are resonating because my son's just turned fifteen and he listens to music that I fucking hate. But I have to appreciate that he likes something because all his friends like it. I can't, you know, I can't tell him like, hey man, let's stop listening to the. Gucci gang for a second and let's listen to some real music for a second. He won't right. have anything of it. And if I the more I tell him, if I told him, "Hey, that music's fucking garbage. What are you listening to? What is this?" He made 55 million dollars on a on a YouTube on advertising. I'm like, "Right. Yeah, I think that's wrong and I think you've been told the wrong information. Speak about fake news. That's the fakest shit ever." And and when right. it comes to hip hop, they're going to lie about the shit anyways. You know what I mean? They're we're all just
1: insecure little beings, but oh yeah, it's so, all rented cars and leased fucking mansions. Like yeah, none of that's real. So
0: I wanna, I wanna try to, uh, you know, as my son is fifteen, to sort of give him his freedom and his like of music, and maybe one day he'll come back around and start listening to Green Day again, like he did at the start of the day, because he want to be like his old man, you know. And and you know, and I truly think though, as a parent, that kids aren't supposed, they aren't really supposed to like you for a while, and I, I think that's. I'm putting it wrong, and I'm I'm, I'm actually here's another topic. <laughs> you have a young one too, but
1: I do. She's six years old. Yeah,
0: yeah, so she's not there yet. But I think kids are supposed to be a little bit afraid of their parents. What could happen if I? What's my consequence? You know, and kids are always pushing the envelope, and I appreciate that because then that gives them boundaries as to where they can go and where not go. But when when they when the, when, the, when they're sort of like, hey, you're my best friend, dad. Let's go do this thing. Let's do that thing. That's great. Yes, let's do this. Okay, but I'm still your dad. And if I say this is what, what's going to happen, this is the rules. And I don't really need to explain myself all the time, every little reason, because there's a thousand reasons why I don't want you to run outside, not wearing socks, to jump on the trampoline at minus two. You know, there's there's a plethora of reasons. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm sorry I'm ruining your day. But I'm projecting now. But, <laughs> but. but I think, I think there needs to be a little bit of accountability and a little bit of shame in parenting. And, 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 it's, and it's I've said this. I've held this flag for many, many years now. And I don't know. It doesn't really get a lot of positive feedback with people because, you know, it's obvious because I worked at a university for 10 years and it'd be kids sort of just super self-entitled, especially artistic kids, not autistic. Artistic kids are just little narcissists, you know, and it's tough to get them wrangled in to sort of have any form of empathy that, that we need in this world.
1: I mean... It's tr- right it's very tricky yes the the they the, the, you know you get to that age and we were all at that age where like you're right like i'm right <laughs> yeah. and, and 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 you're you're just you, you just don't know man you just don't know and yeah. it's like no no like i know i have experience and you'll learn yeah uh but yeah no with you know Artists in, in, uh, you know, when you talk about bands and I've played in bands and I've been around bands, uh, you do get them where they're in their, their genre Mm -hmm. and their niche. And that's like the only cool thing. Like, oh, you don't play like shoegazer emo, you know, six string with only four strings and they're tuned to like some weird thing. Well, no, no, you just don't understand music then. It's like, no, no. Mm -hmm. I I get it. It's just, it's, there's more. Yeah. There's more. And you gotta learn.
0: Go ahead. Go ahead. So you were in the middle. No, no. I just,
1: I, I just think, I just think that everyone gets, um, everyone gets like, kind of like pigeonholed by themselves into, uh, a a genre or a style. Mm -hmm. And I find like, I spent like 10 years where, it was just like Pavement, Sebado, Dinosaur Jr., you know, maybe The Cure and on a bad day, Depeche Mode, and those were like the best bands. Yeah, that was it. And now I find, as I've gotten a little bit older, and I always listen to different stuff, you know, from glam rock to punk to whatever. Um, but I find as I've gotten older, I just want to know more. Yeah, like I just want to, I want to listen to a, a classical album. Just to see if I can figure it out.
0: Well, see, yeah, but you're a rare you're a rare breed because a lot of people they are not trying to find new trends, they're following the trends. So for instance, right. if uh this this is the flavor of the week, all right, right let's listen to that until it don't like it anymore. And then what am I supposed to listen to now? Oh, what am I what are you wearing over there? Oh, okay, well, Oh, I like that, you know, and then we all are guilty of that in to an extent, you know, where we sort of look at something Absolutely. and want to emulate or sort of uh, recreate something in a way that, especially with art and fashion and whatnot, that's why we all looked like the same when we were in, like, in the mid-90s, we all had our flannel shirts and, hey, you got one on right now. Stuck there you go. The ni- stuck in the 90s. Yeah,
1: I'm stuck there, man.
0: <laughs> stuck. But I feel that, the, as you get older, I totally agree, because when I was listening to what was considered commercial radio for so many years, driving into work, I kept hearing the same songs. I'm going, what the fuck is this? Like, and so I started regressing back into like later, later, later times before I could find something that I could really associate myself with. And a lot of it's the stuff I heard once or twice, like in the early eighties or whatever, you know, and, or in the early nineties or, you know, and I think there was a time in everybody's life where it's like, you listen to something and it's just bleeps and blops and weird. And you're doing this because you're challenging the people who are listening to it with you to get it. And Oh
1: yeah. Yeah. Neat. Yeah. Yeah. I, I hear you. Do you get it? I, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I get it.
0: <laughs> do, do, Gotta, do you understand it? I don't want to tell you I don't like it because I don't want to offend you, but that's how, you know what I mean? Like that's how yeah.
1: I remember. And there's it, two sides of that. I remember yeah. being like a kid and being like in high school. A kid. I remember being in high school and being at a house party and everyone was doing psychedelic drugs and we're on the basement of this party and everyone's uh we're watching Pink Floyd the Wall. And everyone's all fucking gooned up and we're watching Pink Floyd the Wall. And it was like almost a 50-50 split if not like more skewed than that of people who were like I love this music. I love this film. And on the other side, it was a lot of people being like, "This film sucks. This music's horrible, but these drugs are great," <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, it's like, well, what are we really like narrowing down to here, right? Yeah. I remember like the first time I heard a song, and I was like, I love that song. Yeah. I was probably like thirteen or fourteen years old, and my brother Gord had uh, had the record player in his room. He had like the good stereo, and he brought me in. He was like, "Hey, man." like check this out Dan and he put on uh the cure uh Japanese whispers and and he played that album and for the that was the first time in my life I'll never forget it where I was like this music's awesome I connect to it I understand it I don't know what it fucking means Mm -hmm. but it's important to me yeah right like I got that it was like important and to this day if somebody says like you know top five albums like I always start with the cure japanese whispers i'm not like a huge cure fan Mm -hmm. but i connected to it like it made sense and i think that's you know unfortunately there's kids out there um that listen to uh sample music not that there's anything wrong with that like hip-hop and rap and stuff and uh and they connect to it and i think it's great to be able to connect to something i just think it's a shame that it's not uh um in my opinion uh somebody that actually like plugged in an instrument, learned how to play the instrument and strum the instrument. Yeah. Uh, that bummed me out a bit. Yeah. My, my daughter, my six year old daughter, uh, she doesn't like the, the beats and stuff. She wants to hear like crunchy guitars and stuff, you know, and uh, that'll change. I know that's unfortunate. There's going to be a lot of, (laughs) (laughs) and
0: I'm
1: not looking forward to that.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: I think, but I'll support her.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But I feel that, uh, when you know you is it your older brother or younger brother obviously older older brother right Gordon? older brother yeah so, I'm the youngest yeah so when you have that special moment and although you, you you probably were at different age obviously different different like spots in your life obviously there I'm 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 really I'm I can really feel that it it was the location and the situation and the scenario then the music. That's sort of like, for me, that's my observation to stuff. Because it happens to me too. I remember listening to um, I Got You by Split Ends in like 1970. Oh, yeah. Nice. With Finn Brothers. On the radio. On on AM radio. And I listened to that and I go, this is the best song I've ever heard. I don't know who this is. I love this song. I didn't even know the name of the band. All the way up until like when Crowded House came out. I'm like, hey, that's the guy from Split Ends. You know what I mean? So then... I re- it took me back to, and although Crowder House is completely more commercial, more softer, more you know, more more safe to an extent, I still like Crowder House, and I because because of that initial split ends thing, you know, like, and also with the band the Kings, when I heard Switching to Glide for the first time, same time in my life, eight years old, listening to that song or whatever it was, I might even nine years old at that point, but when I heard it, it really really affected me, as well as like even. Number of the Beast by Iron Maiden. There's there's different bench points in life where you go, yeah. I love this, and there's different reasons why I liked Iron Maiden because get the shit out of my parents, but um, yeah, but that, that was the main reason. Eddie, yeah, 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 wow, he's talking about the devil, you know, you know, yeah. but I, yeah, I I really think it's your scenario, it's your situation, your surroundings, and if somebody needs to sort of, um build on that because people have that whole love of vinyl like this is vinyl i can listen in my house and i got the record and it feels right and that's the same thing it's your situation your scenario and your surroundings with scenario and surroundings are the same thing and then the music but i always argued that when i'm walking through the woods listening to an ipod listening to music that i like this it's more um i get connected more to it because i don't have any other distractions it's not like, you know, when you take the record out and you dust it off and you put it down. It's this whole, like, you know, um, ritual. thing. Yeah, it's a thing. Yes. You have a coffee or you grab some a glass of wine or something. You listen to this music and you really appreciate it because, you know, and there's a reason why vinyl is like that. My, and the only thing I think, the only theory I have is because everything is so busy around the world. Everything is noise that when I sit in my living room, I put my favorite record on and I listen to it, I have this switching off period. And that's it. I don't need to worry about what's happening outside the world. I'm in my room. And then that's it. That's all I do. And then I'll take a picture of the record beside the record player and I'll post it on Facebook. Because that's important. Because that's important what I listen to.
1: Right. (laughs) (laughs) Doesn't everyone know how important this is? Do you get it? I'm alone in my room. You know? It's like Weezer, I'm in the garage, man. <laughs> this is where I feel safe. That's, yeah. yeah. It's, <laughs> I, you know, I, whatever, I
0: never got in the vinyl. I have records. I have a record player. I even have a thing to put into the, you know, the, into the, the but I, it's just so scratchy. It's too scratchy.
1: You know what? I've got, uh, I, uh, my dad, uh, found at a garage sale years ago, uh, an old, uh, uh, phonograph and he gave it to me and it's in my living room. And so I've been collecting uh, seventy eight. And I found a guy down in, uh, Manchester who, uh, or, or Massachusetts, sorry. Um, new England States who, uh, sells the, uh, the, the steel stylus to Ooh. put in the phonograph. So I've got those and I've got this collection. So little Richard and Hank Williams and all this music that I never really like got into. Yeah. But I find that I can't, it's the perfect like mesh of songs and medium. Mm. And when I crank up that phonograph and put a record on, and I put a new needle in there, and I put it on the record, and I sit down, it's like, it's what you're talking about, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, it's just perfect, right like it's just last night i had some friends over it's my birthday yesterday had some friends over drinking whiskey and i said hey check it out i'm gonna put a new stylus in we're gonna put on one of these like old little richard albums and you listen to it and it's got the cracks and the pops and there's no electricity involved it's a fucking spring that's making the whole thing happen that i wound up Mm -hmm. and you listen to that and i don't care you don't have to like the genre you don't have to like the sound, but it's like that whole beating a situation and everyone just gets hypnotized. You know, you got everyone staring at the vinyl spinning around, at yeah. the 78 spinning around and you just get into it. It's history. You don't have to like, it's history, right? Yeah. And you don't have to, you're just like, you're into it and and, and you're appreciating it. You, and again, you don't have to like it, but it's a way to appreciate it. Now with everything that's like all digital with fucking stupid videos, I don't know how you can keep making videos Mm -hmm. where it's always the same. I mean, I don't need to see a shiny fucking car and a girl wearing fuck all clothes and somebody with a bunch of fucking jewelry on. Yeah. There's nothing unique about that to me. Nope. Like, and there's nothing cool or nothing that I want to grab onto there. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but when it comes down to like the historic um, way that music was meant to be listened to, it's amazing. Like mm-hmm. it's amazing to sit back and listen to like uh old 78s on a phonograph. And I know I've totally digressed out of what we were talking about, <laughs> but there, there is something really special about that. And I can listen to like, you know, genres of music, like Hank Williams. I don't fucking like country music at all but i'll put on a hank williams 78 on the phonograph and it's like that's that's a a couple of dudes standing around a microphone
0: yeah and
1: just like playing music yeah there's nothing's overdubbed that's live off the floor that's like some real shit
0: yeah i
1: personally really appreciate that
0: yeah there was a time in my life when um we played so much music and played with other bands and stuff that it was also like to get into bands like Ween was sort of weird and neat. And that's why yeah. we started listening to like, we would be on tour. We had a radio uh, on, in the van and we would listen Who to- Who you on tour with? Who are uh, you on tour with? Red Fisher playing in the okay. early 90s. And we would have Patsy Cline, we'd have Hank Williams, we had Roy Orbison- and uh, there's a time when Jason put um, "Crying" on, and we were like in out Al- in Atlanta somewhere, driving up towards Ontario, and you could tell that everybody had a tear in their eye. And there's just the three of us, and we're driving up to like wherever, up to Ontario. And I know I did; I was choking up over it, and it was just this special moment. And we also had like Jason and I were in the back, and we had like Old English beers, and we're drinking or the the whatever they call the Old English, uh, whatever the whatever the alcohol was it's liquor and yeah. we're drinking listen to Roy Orbison and that to me is I'll never forget that time and it was very quiet and it was very like and we always had quiet time in the van anyways but when you listen everybody's tuned in to this moment that it's like alright we've been on tour for whatever a month and a half two months and I'm going home and everybody's gonna do be still not home for another month and let's just sort of grab onto this moment. And we're in a van driving up the road. And there's been so many of those moments that I can't I can't count where people listen to something and go, wow, this is, what is this? You know, like, I mean, another story is when I first heard Death Cab for Cutie and I was in Europe driving oh, with Foursquare yeah. and I heard The New Year by Death Cab for Cutie. And I was oh, yeah. tingling as I was driving and I'm like listening to this record going, oh, my God, Same thing. And here I am in my early thirties or whatever, whenever that came out and I'm still getting the feeling I had when I first heard Elvis Costello or split ends or squeeze or Iron Maiden for the first time. So, I mean, there's hope. I think, (laughs) I I think there's hope.
1: I'll cross my fingers for that hope. Yeah. I, I I like that thing. So do you think that there's a way to create that? Is there a way to, or does it all come down to circumstance?
0: I believe it's uh you cannot you can try to engineer anarchy and it will never ever work in your favor. You know, you'll still get anarchy but you won't get what you're really trying to fight for. A lot of people do like isolation tanks and things like that where they can float in water and feel like they're yeah, actually yeah. outside. I've actually themselves. done that. I've it's never weird. done it, but it sounds oh, super weird. fun. But but there's there's ways you, for instance, you have a dinner party with some friends, and and then you'll and it'll be the best time, and everybody's laughing, or have a party, and everybody's having the best time ever. And you go, let's do that again. Let's have all those people over again. Let's have the same. No. Nah, never the not same. Not gonna work. Not gonna work. And there's you can no. try and try and try to make and engineer and recreate something that was magic the year before, but you have to take it when it's given to you because it's not. You don't try. You don't make. You all make it together as a group, but you don't you can't like fight for it, you know?
1: Right. And that comes down to like what I do, right? Yeah. So yeah. like with making videos and stuff, it's like the song exists. The band has uh, spent a lot of time writing a song. They've played it live. They've gone into the studio. They've re- recorded it. And then they come to me that, to create, you know, to create the aesthetic mm-hmm. of the sound, right? Like what are people going to see? Yeah. What are they going to remember about this? And that's like a really tough job to like, you know, come to like some sort of like an understanding as to what does this song look like? Yeah. And bands, I find bands a lot of the time, they don't think about that. And then, so it comes to me and I have some kooky idea and, and a lot of the times they just go along with it. And then afterwards I'm like, "Eh, that wasn't, I wish they would have like fought that a bit more like Mm -hmm. that. You know, that was, I had an idea about, I've had, I would say 90% or ninety five percent. i've only had like one or two music videos that i've done where after the fact like a year later i go back and look at it and i'm like you know what that wasn't the right aesthetic for that song like mm-hmm. that wasn't proper and but it comes down to the, what we're talking about like the situation like being in a van and you're on the road and you hear a song that's what i have to, you know that's kind of my job yeah is to create that so when somebody like is watching a screen and and hearing a song that goes along with a video right because that's the way i look at it and that's kind of selfish and arrogant or egotistical but it's like i'm creating like a visual for the soundtrack and i find that the majority of the time um you really need the band's input like you really need to understand why that song was written what everyone was thinking unless it's like a a simple what well, you know like the the Fairmonts video that i did with you um that was kind of easy because of the theme of it right i, yeah. I, I don't want to go to the it's hospital performance like, video okay too. Yeah, yeah yeah and yeah. and we're gonna do it live but you know i work a lot with like frank DeResti and the lake effect and the shannon moan trio and dustin jones and the rising tide and it's like trying to create that aesthetic to go with the song and it comes down again it comes down to like these micro audiences it's like not only do you have to find like Who's the audience for the song? What does that audience want to see? Yeah. And how can I make those two things come together to do justice to the song? Yeah. Right?
0: And how do you create magic? How do you, you know, how do you create this magic based on your vision and right. to make it memorable? Yeah. To make it and interesting, not and unique, uh, unique to the right. song and, you know, I mean, there's moments I see, like the Shannon Moan video with the old blue house. What's that?
1: Old blue sofa. Old blue sofa. <laughs> old blue house. The one on the train? The one on the train when she almost falls yeah. out the train.
0: And yeah, and I'm watching this going, you could tell in her face that she just went across a bridge hanging out of a train. And her, yeah. I think we spoke about this last time, but it was still needs to be noted that that's a moment captured that in a hundred million tries... That will you never, never get that. that reaction on her face will never, ever be created again because yeah. you could tell like, wow, I really, I went out there and it was, and you let it on just a little bit longer than it should have when she, when it went across and you could just see in her face like,
1: holy shit. <laughs> like, right. That was a moment. That's Absolutely. A moment. I remember cutting that video that's and being like, wow, I got to leave that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. So yeah, and, and it, it all how you know the other thing I can really sort of compare to is when you have a recording session and everybody comes in knowing all the songs. Well, they might have been in a you know argument on the way in. They might have had uh, problems. They might have been late. Somebody might have been might have been some other problems that the bands had from the weeks before, and they come into a room together and they're all like pissy, you know. And then it's like, well, how do we make? art when you guys are just not even really trying to communicate with each other or you have all your other weird isms so trying to recreate them trying to create the music with that in mind is where age comes into effect because if you're older and you've dealt with all this bullshit in your life and and that you know you come into the studio and you're like yeah fuck he's late he's always late who cares you know and then you you crack out some great songs and you have you take it for what it is as you get older, you can pacify this inner bullshit that you live with as a musician or as a person. So you can sort of, oh, you know, I'm here. I'm here to have a good, you know, to record, to make some music and have a good time doing it. And you can't get that. When there's something's wrong with a band in their mid to late 20s, you can't get that back. You might as well say, go home, guys. Deal with your shit. And come back and record. Yeah. But anybody over the age of 30 or 40, they seem to have it under control, you know just for where they are with life.
1: And they, and they understand their, uh, their job and their place. And this, you know, that I was just talking to uh, my buddy, Trevor last night, we were talking about that, about how you get to an age and you realize it's, it's your job. Yeah. Whether it's music, whether it's anything, whether it's like construction, you you just, at some point you just decide like, you know what? I'm going to leave the bullshit aside and just do my fucking job. Yeah. Right.
0: Yeah, Absolutely.
1: Like, I'm here to fucking play the guitar, or I'm here to fucking hammer the fucking nail. Yeah. Like, that's my job. And once I get my head wrapped around that, then there can be passion in that.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, I mean, the way I think I was reading it from you is that some people say, you know what, I play in this band, we play the same songs all the time, and you know what, I got a paycheck, and this is okay. And I've interviewed people like that, who do, that's why they do side bands or whether they they do side projects that they can actually reintroduce themselves into uh, playing with other people because some of the guys I interview who say it's their job are are like well it's really tough to quit a band that's already established and we all know that you know like so it's like if you have a job at a construction firm and you're working 200 days a year banging nails then you better get over it because that's what you're going to be doing and you know so that's the part too but it shouldn't kill your soul. And when you say passion, I you came around to the part and that said that's that's true. You need to you need to find other things in life that make you happy. And if you just play guitar in a band, take up painting. If you uh just paint, play the guitar. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, no. You know, right find on. new things, you know. Because perspective with perspective opens up new avenues to whatever you're doing as as a musician or as a person, you know, and it's such a fine line between um the guy who who played in a band and goes and works in an office. That to me is that's given up. That's the, to me, that's just given up because I still think that, you know, although that person is probably making more money per year or, or, or maybe happier, that's maybe what they wanted. But for me, if I, you know, if I actually just stopped playing music to go work in a building in Toronto, I wouldn't feel like this is my job. I'd feel like that somehow I failed something somehow, somewhere, you know, like what happened? And you can't, you can never figure out what happened because the, all the decisions you make in life end up where we are right now. Here we are, you know? Right, here we are, yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> and I think it, a lot of that is um, the idea that you're pursuing. So if you're pursuing the idea of, I want to be rich and famous, then that's different than the idea of, I really want to create art. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're two totally different things. They get intertwined because you get great artists who find fame and fortune. Yeah, by accident. But yeah, exactly. By luck, by accident. Mm-hmm. But what is it that you're actually trying to achieve? And that's the thing, right? Like if you're trying to, if you think Kim Kardashian is the be all end all, and the way that you're going to become that is by, I'm going to be an artist and and Kim Kardashian is going to buy my paintings and that's going to find me fame and fortune. Well, then that's just, you're just fucking blathered, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but if you're like, I'm an artist and I don't give a fuck who likes my fucking work. I'm just going to create the art that I want to create <clears throat> and that finds an audience and you find fame and fortune. Well, that's the fucking brass ring.
0: Yeah. And it's the cream rises to the top theory. And, you know, and I really thought for a while, like when it came to like YouTube and things that that was the medium for cream to rise to the top. And then the problem is, is it became everybody's like uh, canvas to create whatever garbage they wanted to. So trying to cut through the garbage was tricky. And they've... And I've I've had this conversation before, and I think they've started a little bit with our artificial sort of intelligence, especially with Spotify and what, hey, I like, I've been listening to this music. Well, if you've been listening to this music, maybe you'll like this music. And I think it needs to translate into visual, too, because if I watch Goodfellas three times a year, don't show, don't give me anything other than movies, you know what I mean, like that that are similar or kind of close to or something that might push me in a different direction, because that's... Right. I want to have a bullshit uh, filter on my app. I, I want to see this in three years. I want to see. But wait, it. are
1: you saying? Are you saying that you want to be stuck in that? No, no. Audience? I wanted someone
0: to gent- gently pull, push through whatever, like sound, what is similar to what my aesthetic is, not to mm. what. What I, what I like, but what, who I am as a person. So if I listen to, um, like I said, if I watch a movie and there's, uh, there's a, obviously a thousand independent movies that are Goodfellas or, there's a, or similar, or I'm not saying just that genre. I'm just saying right. that aesthetic, that type of movie. Right. I don't want to have a guy falling off a ladder. Every two minutes on YouTube because that's just that's where we're going. I want to see stuff that's more intelligent. I want to see things that are well, better thought out. I don't want to have a venue and an avenue for that to rise to me as opposed to me searching through a thousand fucking cat videos to get something that's actually you know. And there's always that dreadful YouTube spiral. We end up. Why is why am I watching a guy jumping off a building?
1: What happened here? Oh, it's well, a, how a fucking rabbit hole, man. How did I you get, can get here? into a rabbit hole? <laughs> so big rabbit holes on YouTube. So, But I mean, uh, yeah. You know what I'm saying, right? You want to watch Goodfellas, then have it say like, hey, you should watch like, you know, The King of New York or like Man Bites Dog or something. You want to have something that ties into.
0: Ties in. And then obviously you can then say, oh, this is, there's so many variables to a movie or to a video clip or to a, a music video or to a band that the variables have already been mapped. I mean, we have, we have uh, Shazam and when you put your phone up to a song, it tells you what song it is. So with that, we have the capability of saying, well, songs with that similar chord progression or that similar aesthetic, because once you get into words like aesthetic or feeling or, or vibe or whatever, that's where it turns into, well, computers are just computers. You tell them what to do and they'll do exactly what you tell them to do. Sometimes wrong, but, what I think needs to happen is to be able to filter through, or 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 somehow somehow if it's a cat in a tree, just don't post it. <laughs> we only have room today for twenty cats in trees only. So you're number twenty-one. So I'm sorry, you're gonna have to wait till tomorrow. And at that point, your cat video is not important anymore because you've been told there's twenty cats in trees videos. So therefore, meh, we're good. We got enough. You know? Did yeah. you hear the 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 statistic is? 300 hours per minute of time is uploaded 300 hours of content is uploaded to YouTube per minute
1: <laughs> it comes down to the color of the cat I know the type of tree its in. what if you really like cats and trees and you,
0: they're stuck all day uh, all day long but uh yeah I don't know what do you I mean what do you think about that what do you think that there should be should we be kind of told a little bit like as a society, that maybe you should stop watching shit like this and maybe start getting tapped into things like this or like that.
1: No, the question, the question for me is why are we at a point, how do we get to a point where we're wondering if we need to be told what to watch? Mm. How do we get to the point where there's so much bullshit, mm-hmm. like just crap content out there that we get sucked on this rabbit hole where we're watching somebody like, I can watch like an hour of, you know, comprised of like 18 different videos of people like fucking slipping and falling on ice. Yeah. Like, why does that exist? Why is there a platform that allows me to like turn my brain off and like be hypnotized by this? Yeah. I'm not, and I'm like anti government anti-religion i'm sure. anti-everything like i want to be taking like i want like a good solid government and and i've done my sh- fair share of uh protests and rebellion and all that and i'll continue to like we i don't want like an anarchic society but i also don't understand why we're being like just like brain dredged with bombardment of crap that after like an hour of watching we're like oh this is great and you call your partner or your spouse into the room to watch like some dude like slip and fall on a fucking piece of ice right how do we get to this point where there's just so much crap and this is like above and beyond like art like this or below art i mean i would i would rather be able to say like hey we should you know um go to the museum and look at this piece of art and i guess I guess when I say that, it comes down to, I'm fucking analog,
0: yeah,
1: right. Like I'm analog. Like I want to, I want to listen to a record because it's like a stable thing with no distraction. There's no screen attached to it. I want to go to an art gallery and look at a painting because there's no peripheral distractions and there's no pop-up ads. Mm-hmm. I want to go to a museum and see something or hold something i want to go to a live show and watch a band play and all these things are like they're just analog like they're just like you want to like just be in that moment and i get and i don't think it's a generational thing i think it's something that the new generations coming up aren't being allowed to know Mm -hmm. like like they just don't know that that's a thing because if I can go online and look at every Andy Warhol painting on my gamma ray screen beaming back at me, why do I need to like travel somewhere and pay an admission to go into a sterile environment to stand in front of one of those paintings? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I think it's really important to stand in front of those paintings. I think it's really important to stand in a room full of people who are all clapping and cheering for the same band i think it's really important to be in a theater with a bunch of people and you all gasp at the same time it during a movie yeah. i think it's i think it's really important to have those communal experiences and i think that we live in a society that's um or in a time we live in a time where that's being kind of diluted and made unimportant. Mm-hmm. Everyone can be. You can be your own self. You can sit in front of your computer. And be whoever you want to be. Mm-hmm. But it's like. You need to be. With other people. To really appreciate something. I agree. You need, to be, you need to be in a room of people. All listening to the way. That a band performs a song. And clapping together. To really understand that song if you're sitting at home and the song pops up on your Spotify and you're like, Hey, this is kind of cool. I'll turn it up a bit. Um, and then the next song is like something else. Like you just, you're, 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 you're not experiencing art. Yeah. You're just hearing shit.
0: Well, do you think we? Yeah, you know, like we were talking a little bit about recreating or trying to recreate stuff, and I think what's you know the trend is now, and it's in its dinosaur phase, especially with live theater, is that you can they'll, they'll videotape Hamilton uh, live, and you can watch it in a movie theater, and that is sort of the the, the, the one step further would be would be uh, a cross between augmented and virtual reality, where you can sit in your you can sit in your seat and you can look to your left, and you see somebody over there, or your buddy, the other person watching the show, you know, because you all tuned in to sit in a virtual theater, and you can look on the stage, you can almost smell what's happening, you can see the spit coming out their mouth as they're speaking, and and that is as close as it gets, and I think that's where we're going, and that's sad and, and awesome at the same time, because- <laughs> Right, you know, but
1: what are you watching? But you're, what watching, are you watching? you're watching, you're watching. Are you watching a live play? If or it is live, then yes. Or are you watching a movie? You no. Wa- are you, or are you watching a movie?
0: Yeah, sure. Sure. You'd be watching a play and you'd be sitting there and you'd be, see, you bought your ticket and you're on fourth row left side. And that's where you sit in the, in the theater, the virtual theater,
1: you know. Right. But what are you watching is my point. Well, you're like, trying to you capture. Watching?
0: I mean, you're trying to capture what. Who's
1: trying to, you're not trying to capture. See, when you go to a live theater and you sit down, yeah. you're the fucking camera. Yeah. 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 Right? Yeah. Like, you're the camera. You get to look where you want to look. Yeah. But when you go to, like, one of these, like, watching Hamilton in, in the local theater.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You're told what to watch. That's not live theater. No. That's, like, a really shitty movie
0: Yeah.
1: of Hamilton. Yeah. Yeah. Because I want to watch. I love. I don't know why. But I love when I go to the theater. I love watching people walk on and off stage. Yeah. Like when they get to the wings. I'm like, wow. Yeah. like. Like, this is like, this is like happening in real time. I love going to theater. I've actually been involved in some like local theater, uh, set design kind mm-hmm. of stuff. Um, I love watching that. But when you go to these things, it's like, is this a live play? Or is this sort of like a yeah. really shitty rendition movie adaptation of? Yeah. Right. And, and again, it comes down to, it's just like, it's so easy to create content. It's mm-hmm. so easy to create um, subpar material. Yeah. I think live theater should be live theater. I love the fact that people who can't make it to New York to see a play can go to a theater and watch it. But I think that people are very distorted to walk out of that theater mm-hmm. and claim that they saw Hamilton on Broadway.
0: Now, but I mean, my point was, is what if somebody stuck a pair of virtual... Goggle uh, virtual via- reality goggles on you and you were sitting there and you're in the space. Like it was that close now that when you look through these virtual reality goggles, that it's, you move your head and you're looking and you can still see what you want to see.
1: Therefore you then become the camera, like you were saying. And therefore but you're not there. I know you're and not, you're not, there. you're not feeling, you're not feeling the emotion of it. Yeah. Uh, when that person beside you, um, you know, you, you don't feel that, uh, organic, um, connection to those around you. Mm-hmm. I think it's great. I think it's unfortunately like the way society's going. Um, but I would personally, I would much rather be in that theater. I would much rather be able to smell, taste, see, feel that environment. I want to. I want to experience those um, actors on stage. I want to feel uh, the fact that, like, I can get up afterwards and like shake hands or hug the person beside me and be like, "That was amazing." Um, I don't think I should be able to sit. I don't think it's right to sit in my boxer shorts in a lazy boy eating cheesies and experience a Broadway show.
0: But what if you had a virtual? tuxedo on well what if you look again, at again it's know, all oh, Man, i'm dressed again, great all, look at me i'm a million bucks but <laughs> it's no the, the, the whole conversation not real the, the whole conversation started as how, how can we recreate how yes, can we recreate exactly. and that's, that's where, where we, we went. started we digress yeah bad. no but that's how we started <laughs> this thing but i mean and, and you know and i understand you know your point is well and, and and it is actually felt at this side but what if someone could fool you to the point you know, I know it'd take, we're not there. We'll be dead and gone before we like the matrix, but it's going to be like that. We're going to be in buckets of water and we're going to be sitting there going, Whoa, with these goggles on going, look at me, I'm having a great life. You know what I mean? And, and that poor chump, we
1: already are, we
0: could be right. This could be happening. We don't know. We just haven't woken up yet. Matrix is real, man. Yeah. (laughs)
1: let's not go there. (laughs) Yeah.
0: I just, you know, I just think if, if society is not going to be like, we're not going to be, pulling well we might be pulling covered wagons across north america foraging for new lands we're not going to be doing that we know where every little square inch of the earth is right now and when and if they switch all the lights on then we can talk again but it won't be through this medium we'll have to somehow some sort of like a pigeon or like you know with our conversations we'll have to go and people will be subscribing to
1: it i am but we'll stand in front of each other that's right but i mean in front of an audience and have a conversation like even this right yeah yeah Right, like, why can't you know? Like, I think that somebody listening to this uh, might be entertained, might be a spark to have a thought. We talked about some different bands; they might be interested to go out and listen to these different bands. Um, but it's a different experience, and all of us would gain more if we were actually in the same room.
0: I agree. I agree, but for the budget on this this podcast, I I, I can't afford it. Neither can you. No, you know what no. I mean. So that means yeah. <laughs> you get one, or, one or two episodes a year because ninety percent of it is online. You know. So and and I think we had this conversation last time, and I know I have it pretty much with everybody, but we're at this part now with with communication over the internet where we can almost almost have a real time conversation. Do you remember what it was well, like eight years ago where it was like, and then I'd say something, and then, oh, uh, okay, yeah. and then and then the communication. But we're at this point now where it will be simultaneous communication, speaking over each other and having a real conversation. And I'm waiting for that time. And I really think we're only about five years away. I really do based on how technology has taken off and how things are sped up.
1: Well, this is crazy that like we're sitting here. Okay. So if you're listening to this, you can know that Simon and I are both sitting in front of computer monitors and we have video feeds and we are looking at each other. I can see that Simon's wearing uh, an Apple watch and he's got a mixing board to his right and uh, and he's got a computer to his left and I can see like everything that's happening. I can see the color of the room he's in and this is all real time. Yeah, It is like we're hanging out. Yeah, yeah. And I think my daughter who's six years old, uh, when she FaceTimes with her grandparents that live out of town, like she FaceTimes her, her grandpa all the time and that's her reality yeah like i'm hanging out with grandpa and yeah. i think we are like getting to that point where but again it comes down to is this okay what we want yeah is it okay yes. is this what we want reality to be yeah yeah or i mean it's an awesome thing that we can do this yeah. uh i just find that it's very um like i would much rather like finish this interview and like reach out and shake your hand and be like, thanks Simon.
0: Yeah. One day there'll be a fake hand
1: coming out. We'll just, uh,
0: you
1: know, it is. Yeah. yeah. It'll be that way. I mean, I mean, it it comes to the day where you're sticking a fake hand out of my computer monitor. you are not going to be shaking my hand. I'll tell you that. (laughs) You
0: know, someone someone told me like, you know, what's going to push this technology along is definitely porn is definitely porn's going to push this along.
1: Porn's at the forefront of every technology. DVDs. They figured it out, man. (laughs) Laser discs. They figured it out. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, um, speaking of which, of live shows, I have to to go where um, my venue is doing a Tom Cochran show tonight. So I have to go... uh, Take, Life
1: what? is a highway. I want to
0: ride it all night long, baby. I didn't really want to yeah. mention it, but I figured it'd be funny because we talk about all these amazing things, and then we have a Canadian icon who I'm going to be shaking hands with in the next couple of hours. So uh,
1: that's awesome.
0: Yeah. So it's
1: interesting. Does he do the? Does he do the old stuff? The uh, yeah, the, it's the, the Red uh, Rider
0: reunion. Man. Yeah, Red
1: Rider. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. They do
0: all those old tunes. That's awesome. Yeah, Lunatic Fringe. That was a fucking great song, though. You can't. It was, man. You can't avoid that song. I remember. Remember that show, Rockline. It was from New York, and it was a, it was a live show. They do interview shows. Well, I listened to it the night that John Lennon was, uh, the night before John Lennon, or the night John Lennon was um, assassinated. And Tom Cochran sang Lunatic Fringe with the music in his headphones. And so it's his voice singing Lunatic Fringe. And it's like very heavy. No if you can find it somewhere, it's super amazing. I think the show was called Rockline. And uh, I'm I, I want to huh. ask him that you know, if I ever get a chance to meet. him I was trying to get him on the show, but it was like, you know, he's a tough guy. He's a tough cookie to crack, so uh, or a tough egg to crack. So I want to, you know, you
1: know. Make but he's sh- a good guy. He's one of those guys that's like the uh, the uh, underrated icon. He's oh, yeah. like you know, like he's like right up there with in terms of like his career, the songs, um, the craftsmanship of his songs. He's right up there with like. Cohen totally. Rush yep. uh you know tragically hip and all that yeah. he's like leaps and bounds above like you know Brian Adams and stuff like he's like a real artist like don't even bring Kim Mitchell into that fucking conversation like this guy's like a, a the real deal and but it's one of those things where he's just never been acknowledged in that way. I don't know why we're talking about Tom Collins. Well, he did have Life as a awesome. Highway. Life
0: as a Highway was a mega, mega, mega hit, and I'm
1: sure he regrets it a, writing it. It's a it was a mega hit, and it was like his worst fucking song. Absolutely.
0: Well, isn't yeah, it always like, in the way? I
1: mean,
0: I mean oh, like yeah. Buddy Holly by Weezer. It's not their best song. No their biggest thing. one of their biggest singles. Crack uh, pipe and was it, pipe, was, I mean? it
1: the, was it was it the fact that Buddy Holly was a great song or was it the fact that spike jones made a great video that was a great video fuck that was a great i forgot about the video the happiness video right w- yeah. which made it a hit this is bringing it around w- man it we're hit? bringing it, it around bring it around man i'm telling <laughs> you we're closing it out but was it the song or was it the video i what think it, was, made it a hit?
0: Uh, yeah i mean I, I point note it for sure i mean like that's a great yeah. video and people really tuned in on that video because it was like doing things that you're like whoa that's I remember when Spike Jones could not get arrested for making any video anywhere. Maybe he did his oh, yeah. uh, what was the video where they're they street dancing? Um, oh, wait,
1: in front of the movie theater. I wave you like I um, yeah, like Daft Punk or uh, like Chemical yeah. Brothers or something. Yeah, and he just yeah. uh, he
0: was like, oh my god, fascinating. Hey, never
1: mind. Let's 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 bring this right around and around. Mm-hmm. If you want to see something really fucking cool, have you seen the new uh, iPhone commercial that Spike Jones directed? Nope with that fk twigs no that'll blow your mind yeah just came out that'll blow your mind watch that video will do well hey man Um, i was really cool
0: man i uh i i we should do this more often because uh i like talking to you and you have great you know uh an understanding that uh a lot of people and especially being your location alone is being in the middle of You're basically in the middle of
1: nowhere, and you're making. I'm in the middle of fucking nowhere. If you look on a map of North America, you see the Great Lakes. Point to the middle of that. That's where I am. Yeah, Sault Saint Marie, Ontario. Yeah,
0: and you're doing something that something maybe you'd have to move to the big city as as a youngin. That this would be something you might have to do twenty years ago to be to even get recognized. And so I lived in the big
1: city and I, and I, and I, I rushed out of that. I didn't enjoy living in Toronto. I lived there for like 10 years, lived in London, Ontario. Um, And I just, I, I, I wanted to get to where I was uh, comfortable and that's where I was born and raised and think what you want about that, but I'm comfortable here. I can uh, go out and uh, any room I walk into, I know at least one person Um, and I, you know, it comes down to, I can create the art I want because I know who I am and where I am and I'm not being uh, influenced by uh, distorted bullshit.
0: Well, I know, but I mean, it does kind of go back to what you're saying about, you know, being plugged in and and things like that is you don't have to be. I mean, maybe it's a little, it's the conversation we can have the next time, but you're, you're doing something, you're plugged into a, an art stream that might not necessarily be noticed 20 years ago based on what technology had to offer. So now, without you, a doubt, with, you know what I mean? So, I, uh, and that to me is, is, is maybe if we leave off on something, that's, that's somewhat inspiring because any old guy in the middle of nowhere can make something amazing just because they think and need and then do it. I mean, so, you know, let's see if we
1: can do that. I'm with you on that cool man thanks buddy thanks buddy you're, cute. you're we're, cute we're in audio do you does everyone know how cute simon is eh, you know no <laughs> <laughs> simon thank you so much i appreciate you reaching uh, out to me i will talk to you anytime yeah. and uh i, I want to make another music video with you cool man well, i got a new band and we'll talk about it later love it all right buddy okay
0: And that was my friend Dan Neisted from all the way up there in the sewer. He is a good guy. And uh, go check out that Moose Gets Attacked by Wolf video. It is pretty, pretty awesome. Cool thing. He does drone stuff. That's kind of a neat thing. So thanks so much for listening to the show. Don't forget to go to betterhelp.com slash and enter the code word apolog to get a seven-day free trial. Get affordable online counseling anytime, anywhere and um thanks to all those guys shopping on amazon it's very cool let's uh thank all the patrons and let's thank let's hear for the boys it's a song you can dance to and we'll see you next week and i have a few guests lined up but they're not recorded yet and we will see you next week everybody have a great week and ta-ta say bye everett